When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to this episode of Take the Black Live, the show where we recap all things pop culture, dragons, space lasers, Game of Thrones, Star Wars, Marvel, because no one else is willing to do it. I am Dan Selke, the editor of WintersComing.net, here with my co-host Mia Johnson, editor of DorksideOfTheForce.com. Hello, Julie. Hello, Christian. Good to see you. And Mia, good to see you. And... I'm just going to start right into it and say, I hear that you have some exclusive, exciting, juicy, fun information to share with us. What is it? I do. I come bearing in my brain. I have some fun stuff because I saw Black Widow um, Mm. and I am ready to share my review because the embargo is up so I can actually talk about details of the movie. (laughs) Black Widow, the first Marvel film to come out in 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 well over a year, delayed yeah. forever, and you got to see it early, and I didn't, and I'm not jealous, but I would love to hear how uh, what what you thought of this. Yeah, so my honest review of <laughs> Black <Ooh>. Widow. <laughs> so I will start off by saying. I was not immediately over the hills. Um watching this movie. I am already and, surprised. Yeah, it pains me to say it because I am such a huge Marvel fan. Um and you know what, I will admit, judging from the trailers, I was already a little bit iffy about it because it just it seemed like a very straightforward action movie, spy thriller sure. movie. And in a way that's exactly what you got. Um so Black Widow, um Scarlett Johansson is in this time period between Captain America Civil War and Infinity War. So, you know, she's not dead yet, but she's on the run because of the Sokovia Accords and, you know, she didn't sure. want to sign them and all of that good stuff. So she's basically in hiding in, in this little pocket of time. Um, and so the adventure that ensues is um, she tries to lay low, but that doesn't last very long. Like it, it lasts not very long at all. We have a movie to get <laughs> and, to. We have yeah. some car chases to do. It's some helicopters to jump out of. Yeah. Yeah. And so then that leads her to finding her old, you know, quote unquote family um, from her Black Widow Russian days as a child soldier and things like that. So um, the story as a whole, to me, it just all felt very kind of shallow and 
maybe huh. underdeveloped. Like it felt like they had a lot of big ideas, but to me, nothing really struck a chord. Um, so it's her and she's going back to basically in the Black Widow program. She teams up with um, her her sister, Yelena, who's um, little who's woman Florence Pugh. Pugh. Yeah. <laughs> and other people might like her character, but I did not like Florence Pugh's character. But she's so it, talented. She, she is so very talented, but I don't think they gave her at least line wise. They didn't really give her a lot to work with. She was just hmm. quip, quip, quip. Um, action wise, she was really good, and I think she really worked with what she was given. Um, so was Rachel Wise, so was David Harbour. Rachel they worked Wise, yeah. with what they were giving, but it just didn't do it for me. I wish there was so much more emotionally. I wish there was so much more um, kind of developed with the plot and with the villain. It just all seemed like they kind of went like, eh, and then proceeded to go back down. So that is my honest kind of surface review of Black Widow, I know. Well, Mia, I'm heartbroken to hear this. I I, I was expecting a rave. Not because, I mean, I, I haven't seen it either. Toby's been pretty good, and you are a, a big Marvel fan. And oh, isn't it kind of sad then that like we waited yeah. all this time and this got we got delayed by like over a year for it to come out and be like, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, and I... Part of me wonders, like, did it get outshined by some of the Marvel TV shows that came before it? I definitely think the answer is yes. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I don't think it could hold a candle to something like WandaVision and Loki. Comparably, it's kind of as standard as Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, So that's where I can kind of place it. Um, But I think even if I had seen it before those shows had come out, I think I would have been a little underwhelmed because we've had such like grand sweeping adventures and, you know, fun stuff with, you know, Endgame and even something as creative as Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther. So for a solo movie about Black Widow, which was like long overdue and we wanted to see her have her own hero outing, it just kind Mm -hmm. of felt like it fizzled. I didn't really... I wasn't extremely, extremely wowed by the action or the humor or anything like that. <laughs> As Christian says, so basically, <laughs> they should have released it on Disney Plus last summer. Should they have? I think so. I was saying, you know, <laughs> and I think that there was a screening in Chicago and they were like, let us know. I've also, I realize now I'm kind of hypocritical because I'm like, ooh, maybe I would just rather watch this at home. And I did. I chose to watch it at home. And I don't regret that decision. <laughs> uh, maybe oh, it might look to. a little more fantastic. Yeah, they did have a, um, a screening, but uh, but yeah, I definitely would have. I think just seeing it on Disney Plus is something that's fine by me. Unless you just really, really want to go out and see it on the big screen. There's lots of explosions. Michael Bay is um, probably going to be a little jealous. <laughs> Eat your heart out. I mean, I, I was thinking this, this might be my um, return to the theater after a year away from it. But I'll be honest with you, too. Like, I am feeling a little kind of not even burned out. Just there's just been so much Marvel. I I, I do find myself less enthusiastic about uh, what they're doing next. Eternals looks kind of cool. But um, yeah, I, I probably wasn't going to make a point of seeing Black Widow before you said that. And now that you've said that, I might skip it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah just... that, that's where I sort of am. You know, like. Perhaps there's only so long you can uh, sustain a giant mega franchise and have enthusiasm be at an 11 all the time. Maybe it does have Mm -hmm. to dip eventually. And maybe we're going to see a dip. Wouldn't that be exciting? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's it's interesting to imagine. I do remember there were several points in the MCU where I was like, this is it. You know, it's going down like... 
I think Iron Man 3 <laughs> was one it. of them because it just didn't seem, you know, to reach that point. Um, and then I thought there was another one, too. I wasn't a huge fan of Guardians of the Galaxy, so I was really like, oh, I don't like where the MCU was going. And then they kind of revived it with Captain America. Uh, let's see. Christian is asking about James, James Bond. James Bond. Okay, see, the, the difference to me there is that James Bond was like one movie every like three, four, five years, not like three movies yeah, a year back continually. Back back. Yeah. You, you have some time to miss James Bond when he's <laughs> yeah. gone, you know? Yeah, yeah. Thanks to this, you know, COVID, we've been missing him even longer. So we'll be, you <laughs> know, true. fun to kind of return to, what is this, Dan- it'll be Daniel Craig's last outing. So yeah, yeah it's sad. kind of different circumstances. So Although before we move on from Marvel, um, I mean, again, we have the cover because there's so much. By the way, Ju- Julie says that color looks nice on you. And I agree. Yeah, it's, thank it, you, it, it, Julie. It sets it off. Other Marvel ways, other times. I will say, I, I am enjoying the Loki show. I think it's probably the best one they've had so far. Ooh. I, um, that most recent episode, the Nexus event from this morning, we watched it. Mm-hmm. I watched it. Got to see that at home. Not Black Widow, but this one was fine. And yeah, it's just good. It's just um, kind of meaty, juicy. Those conversations between Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson as Moby's and Loki are just really a good heart of that show. Just like mm-hmm. back and forth, just dialogue, just talking, just sort of bonding, a little bit of hurt feelings, and some like good meaty words they get to say and kind of dig yeah. into the characters i really like those bits but the whole thing was good um and man like that first bit where loki and sylvie are sitting on the dying planet and like the moon's crashing at them like very much movies in your tv like movies at home sort of a mm-hmm. special effects quality and yeah. um it's moving along at a good clip i like the weirdness of it the very kind of Doctor Who-esque-ness of it, oh, where yeah. they're confronting <laughs> giant robot god creatures who aren't really what they seem. Um, I think there is some truth to the idea that it's like Doctor Who with a budget, but it's fun, and it doesn't last too long. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm liking it a lot. How about you? Oh, yeah, definitely. I enjoyed this one. And it is, they really just keep ramping up the emotional stakes in this. It's just like, just when you thought, you know, we had kind of reached the pinnacle of how, the depths that we're going to explore with Loki's emotions. It's like, no, but wait, there's more. Um, and I especially like where they're going with the Sylvie character because, you know, it's this whole thing about the TVA even, you know, stopping her before she even gets a chance to be, you know, the type of Loki they think she's going to be. She could have been the good Loki or something like that. Um, and Whatever that is. they stopped her from doing that because they got her as a child. And so now she really has no identity. She's just out there scrambling in the world alone. Were you going to say yeah, something? It's oh. sad. Yeah, no, 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 I, I, I wasn't. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I was just going to add, um, the romance angle. I see, I've seen a lot of people talking about it on Twitter. Like <laughs> I was like, is that incest? I wasn't quite yeah. sure. You would still technically have the same parents by or DNA. Or is that masturbation? I don't know. <laughs> hey, that's for Take the Black Club. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's it's a little weird to me, but I almost like it because some people are like, yeah, you know, that sounds like a Loki thing to do. Fall in love with yourself. And, you know, it, again, it's it's a way to push the narrative into deeply exploring that character a little bit more. So. I, I like it. It's an interesting way to go with it. You know, it's kind of like the Grinch's heart through, grew three sizes that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm really, I, I could like not sleep after watching the episode last night. And I think all that energy is coming back as I'm talking about it. 
I'm getting up early and watch before I go to work. Um, I, I prefer that. I just, I just watch like a banana. I will say one thing I did know is that when like Loki got erased or was going to erase, like not for a second that I believe they were even a little bit gone. Um, you know, this is Marvel. Oh, yeah, yeah. People don't really die in this. And also like the, Mo- I just had to mention, the Mobius one, when they erased him, like they didn't even like push in or do anything dramatic. It was just like he was in a wide shot. He just kind of gets poked and goes away. And I'm like, <laughs> I-, I know you're bringing him back. You didn't do anything dramatic at all to mark his death. Give me a break. Like, yeah. there was no music cue. There was nothing, which was, I yeah. think, like a dead giveaway that, uh, oh, no, yeah, okay, he, he's he's fine somewhere. Yeah. So fool me once, but Marvel. Yeah, but the yeah, twists keep coming. Twists that awesome end scene with the different Lokis and stuff like that. So I am. Oh, by the way. Okay. Excited. I missed that. I turned it off when the credits oh. rolled because they haven't really had end scenes. So I was like, okay, yeah. get to work. And then I learned later, like, what do you mean the post credit scene? So I gotta go yeah, ahead and watch yeah, that later, yeah, yeah. I guess. Oh, you have to. Well, it's 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 brief, but yeah, that was that was just kind of like the icing on the cake for the episode. So two more episodes to go, and I'm of course still excited. <laughs> Emotional masturbation, Christian says. It's some kind of thing. Not the way they intended. So that's Marvel. Um, had to talk about it, a lot going on. But there's also some other very cool things going on in the space of TV movies, fantasy, sci-fi, and all that jazz. For example, Mia, today, like a couple hours ago, we got the first official, I mean, we got a couple things before, we got a, we got an official drop from a teaser for the Wheel of Time show on Amazon, mm-hmm. and a release window. So they are ramping things up. Why don't we watch it quickly, because it's really fast. Why don't we watch it, why don't yeah. we watch it really fast now? The Wheel of Time on Prime Video. Oh, are we still talking? Can we, okay, let's we'll see. I forget. Spiral, the Wheel of Time. It's a W. There are some things going around where people were had like James Bond in the center of that thing, pointing out like the golden gun of the thing. That's cute. <laughs> and on 2021, so that's the Wheel of Time international series coming out this year, which, which we had heard, but it's going to have confirmation. Mm-hmm. And you know they're putting their effects folk on it. They're giving us a logo. They're giving us a little teaser. They're giving us a little CGI graphic. It is happening. As Julie says, it looks so good. And I'm really looking forward to this one. I am too. This, I've always said, this is like the one thing that kind of has the the big enough scope to really be the next Game of Thrones. However mm-hmm. meaningless that phrase is. The Wheel of Time is this giant hulking mass of a, a novel series that is just, <laughs> it's big enough. It, it, there's yeah. enough to it that it like could last eight seasons it could go on Ooh. for a long time it could make charge <laughs> of these people i mean really it, it would last more if they if they got to cut some stuff down because it kind of goes on yeah. for a while but yeah um any anything any that, that inspire anything in you mia what you think of that little teaser um the teaser was a teaser i don't think it's gonna reel anyone wow. in who like me who doesn't know about it just because you know there's no like actual footage or anything like that um no but I think once that footage does come along, you'll probably get some more of us who are, you know, outside of the fandom and looking like, oh, hey, this might be an interesting show to watch. And um, it does have me thinking like, gosh, we haven't really had a ground up fandom in a while. Like, you know, where something can be eight seasons. It's like we're either like really in the swing of things or it is something new and Netflix cancels it (laughs) after a season or so. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, they can pull this off. That'll be really, really awesome. I mean, they've talked about. I saw an interview recently with some um, 
like uh, producers and agents in Hollywood talking about the rush to kind of gain the rights to book series um, mm. because kind of because of Game of Thrones, it was so successful and it was this giant novel series that was adapted and became a phenomenon. Like now, if you have like now's the time to put out a fantasy book series because Hollywood will just like buy it yeah. sight unseen at this point. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, we've had Shadow and Bone. We've had The Witcher all out of from books. The Wheel of Time. The, the Wheel of Time book series started in 1990. It's been sitting there for 30 years. And it's being made now because Game of Thrones made adaptable fantasy books a hot thing. Like a lot of these other things. So yeah, th- th- there's a hot market for it. And I think there have been some new fandoms. But, but they're all kind of... um, They're all kind of like migrating from the other shows that started it you know uh-huh. I, I i i and the wheel of time fandom is a little different because it, it it has been around for decades technically so it'll be interesting to see um how they arrive on the scene when the show comes and by the way the yeah. teaser this, this will be a little mythologist for the day that is the great serpent coiling around it symbolizes the cyclical nature of time because the wheel of time series it's a thing where like everything happens and then just repeats so, like, the same people get born over and over again, and there's, like, literal past selves, and it's a whole kind of thematic and eventually plot element sort of thing. I Fun see. series, so... interesting series. I'm looking forward to it, and I wanted to take a little minute and say... Hmm? Oh, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to make a joke. I was like, it's oh, not no, that... Uh... I was concluding. Okay, I was like, it's not the snake that opens up the Chamber of Secrets in Harry Potter, where they say the little thing, and then the snake goes around and opens up the door. <laughs> I think they're drawn from the same mythological source. You know, because it, it's not right, like, like, like nurses answer. have, like, the snake eaten itself symbol, too. I'm not up, am I? Oh, yeah, the little, the, the intertwined snakes thingy. Yeah, I'm, I, I am not. See. Yeah, the, the 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 nurse symbol of nurse like two snakes can coiled mm-hmm, like, like a two headed snake coiled around each other, which is kind of sinister in a way. I think like nurses should be associated with snakes, <laughs> but it has a kind of eternal meaning. I do not know what it means for the nurses. Actually, I, I shouldn't speak about this. But for the wheel of time, it symbolizes cycles and rebirth and death and all that jazz. So, yeah, as Julie says, meaty, and we'll get into more of that later. What else happened in the news, Mia? And if any of you have any thoughts on this, please feel free to sound off. Well, this is something that is out of my area, but it was interesting to see. Um, We've got some Sandman news. Um, Actually, a kind of Neil Gaiman bundle, which is pretty cool. So, um, there was a photo from the set of the Sandman, um, and it features our good actor Tom Sturridge. Um, and I believe you you all said this is his character is Dream, Dream yeah, right? AKA Morpheus, AKA the Sandman, AKA other things. He has many names, and yeah, he looks perfect. I mean, he is pale. He's in all black. He looks gloomy. I mean. <laughs> He, he's 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 an English 80s sad boy like that that is what dream is um he's really serving kind of the emo look like Johnny Cash but wispy and thin and English like that's kind of um the the, the Sandman's vibe he looks perfect I mean in the comics oh like the comics are more stylized right so he's like kind of mm-hmm. when I say he's white he's like the color white which they can't do in live action, obviously. But 
has a pasty yeah. guy as it it's it, it's about perfect and he just looks again just kind of the right kind of gloomy and dark. i can tell from mech there i think it's great i think it looks perfect i'm looking forward to this yeah. a lot that's funny um i was gonna say i feel like when i've seen bits and pieces of the sandman i have seen that character in particular because it just it stands out to me um as you know kind of the like sometimes i think he's like looking kind of shaggy with the dark hair and all that stuff so i was like okay that looks like the thing it looks like the sandman uh thing so um so does this set picture for you inspire hope for the series to come oh yeah it it, it definitely inspires hope um everything so far you know again this is a post game of thrones thing where this is a the salmon is as complex as anything out there as complex as um the will of time and more condensed and less indulgent so and the, the, you look at like the casting and the sets and the money it all looks like these producers are reaching for that brass ring and actually trying mm-hmm. to make these great works and of course it's financially you know um incentivized that, that you, you can make these things now because something like game of thrones is such a huge return but i mean who cares like these things are really really yeah. huge it could be really 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 good so i'm i i think we live in a golden age of this as julie says the nevers just got renewed another really ambitious yeah. i mean that one's not even based on a freaking book that one's just like I don't know, Joss Whedon got high on shrooms and, like, had crazy visions of Victorian sci-fi times <laughs> and uh, invented something. And that's really ambitious yeah. and that's really expensive and that's really complicated. And they're making that, I mean, not sight unseen, but can you imagine any network taking a a chance on an idea that wild, like, even 10 years ago? Just, like, what if they're like a cast of dozens of people in Victorian London who are actually space people from another time period going back. And we're going to yeah. spend like uh blockbuster movie levels of money on it. You'd be laughed out of the office, but yeah. now it can happen because of game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that would only probably live on like, if not sci-fi, then definitely the CW. Um, but Again, with a lower budget, it would be pretty cheesy, you know, kind of like supernatural. So it is awesome to see like people really shelling out money. I guess we're good, you know, yeah, sci fi and fantasy stories on TV. So yeah, this is a great, like you said, golden era for this type of TV. That's such Um, a good time. Yeah. So I guess speaking of which, uh, there was also the announcement that Good Omens is getting a second season. (laughs) That's pretty good. uh, Yeah, they released, yeah, this little promo from this. So we've got more Neil news um, because that's also from, you know, Neil Gaiman. And yeah, and I keep saying I need to see this um, because it's Michael Sheen and David Tennant and their, um, you know, Angel, what is it? As a frail and Crowley, I think. Right, Aziraphale, Thank you. And Crowley's the demon. So you know yeah. we've got these two, the polar opposites kind of dynamic. And I love David Tennant. Y'all know cop. that. Yeah, <laughs> from I, I love him because of you know Doctor Who and um, really anything that he's in. So Jessica Jones feels like was the, good in. Oh, Jessica Jones. Yeah. <laughs> so and it also feels like the perfect kind of tumbler. Uh, TV show because that was kind of you know that was my scene back in the day so I'm I guess like, it if does, I ever yeah. want to yeah I'm like if I ever want to relive those days I can go back and watch Good Omens um, 
But yeah, the Hollywood Reporter kind of gave us like a little synopsis about what we can expect. Um, so they said, having uh, been on Earth since the beginning and with the apocalypse now thwarted, how do you say his name again? Azraphael. 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 <laughs> when I watch it, I'll know. And Crowley are getting back to easy living amongst mortals in London, Soho, when an unexpected mes- messenger presents a surprising mystery. <laughs> What's cool about this one is that so Good Omens was this sort of um, I'm gonna call it fantasy sci-fi. I mean, f- fantasy book by Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, two you know icons of kind of yeah. fantasy authors. Terry Pratchett does the Discworld books. Neil Gaiman is the Sandman, American Gods, lots of good stuff. And this is their big collaboration, and it's very funny. It's very kind of satiric. It's very arch. Um, mm-hmm. these two actors especially are good at playing sort of, there's always like a bit of a metal level to it where there's winking at the audience. It's kind of Monty Python-ish in there, which I don't always like, but this one was done well. Mm-hmm. And before, and Terry Pratchett died, um, not that long ago, but apparently he and Gaiman had worked, had like conceived of a sequel to the book beforehand. And now they're not going to write the book, mm-hmm. but Amazon's going to make the unwritten, unpublished second book into a season of television, which again is just kind of testament to the power that these kind of ideas have right now. And I liked the first season. I thought it was cute. I thought it was good. Um, I thought it was charming. You know, it wasn't uh-huh. like world shaking, but it was definitely charming. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was an interesting fact that it was like they had this idea for a second story, never got it published, and um, now it's like, yeah, the world is kind of their oyster thanks to amazon studios <laughs> where they can go the ahead jeff, and say mr jeff bezos oh, yeah. <laughs> spending money on rocket ships spending money on television shows are you into like um british comedy mia are you into like the monty python of it all and uh i don't know faulty towers and oh gosh what other british things other british kind of like that <laughs> style of comedy where it's very kind of straight straight faced and wacky at the same time I can't say I'm a huge fan. I, when I see it, I kind of cringe, not going to lie. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, depending on how it's done, I can tolerate it. So, like I say, yeah, Doctor Who is a good example of that. There's, Somebody I'm sure, there, like, yeah. when I watched Downton Abbey, there was a little bit of British humor in there and probably some other shows that I can't think. Even, like, Torchwood, so... I can I can tolerate it, you know, at a certain degree. Oh, I like the the IT crowd, which is... Wait, oh, yeah. it's oh, that's so, totally so British. British comedy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so, extremely I can't, yeah, British. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if this is like that, then yeah, I think I would still like it regardless. There's that element in Good Omens. I mean, it's also, you know, an epic about angels and demons and the end of the world. So it's got that element mm-hmm. to it, too. That's a funny Python. Julie's hubby love Bunny Python and Faulty Towers. Um, I have like... Uh, uh, I can kind of, it kind of depends on the thing. Sometimes I watch a British, like, Monty Python I never quite got. I kind of watched it and yeah. I was like, I don't see what everyone loves much about this. I liked Faulty Towers a lot, though. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, it's kind of hit or miss for me. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's definitely like a part of the discussion, right? British humor has always been, I mean, especially for fantasy and sci-fi, just because yeah. of Doctor Who and because of Lord of the Rings. All these, like, big, giant British titans um, it works its way even into American writing. And it's just uh, somebody, I think we have to like, have an ear for it or develop a taste for it, I think. One of those things. And um, some do and some don't. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving on. Speaking of, I guess the theme of this episode today is 
things that are TV shows that weren't possible for decades and are now possible because of Game of Thrones and money. Okay, who here? Okay, I'll ask you. Did you ever read any of Anne Rice's Vampire Chronicles books? We're talking Interview with the Vampire. We're talking Queen of the Damned. We're talking the other like 30 damn books she wrote that I don't know the names of. Were you ever into any of this? No. <laughs> no I, figure. I was not. I've it, never read any of her books. <laughs> it's it's kind of before your time. It It's before my time. Like, yeah. the story here about people is that uh, AMC is making a Anne Rice Vampire Chronicles TV show. As Natalie loved Into the Vampire growing up. Oh, the movie was boss. I did enjoy the movie quite a bit. So, I mean, Anne Rice's Vampire Chronicles, these, these were like Twilight, Game of Thrones, CW kind of obsessive stuff before any of that was there. So it's like the, it's like the late 70s, 80s, 90s. Mm. Like they were, like, I think they were some of the first things to really inspire fan fiction. Like, it's kind of, it was, like, coming up at the time. Like, at least our modern yeah. internet fan fiction. Like, that and the X-Files were, like, these two, like, early 90s things that were just kind of capturing the imagination of people who, if they were born later, would have had the imaginations captured by uh, CW things. Uh, very sexy. <laughs> the vampires in this world are sexy. Uh, Brad Pitt and, oh, uh, uh. Uh, Tom Cruise there. Tom Cruise. <laughs> and they're kind of like tortured and just they have to live forever. What a burden that is. And this again is a series that has been kicking around forever for decades. And now AMC is um, making it into a series. Actually, like several series. We're not entirely sure yet what exactly the contours are. Yeah. But from what I remember, like there's at least one interview with the vampire series. And the guy said like, we're going to do lots of shows, which is like that kind of instant universe thing. I'm not really sure I like, (laughs) Yeah, but they're going to go for it. As Julie says, I went through a stage where I couldn't get enough vampire stuff. You and the rest of the world, Julie, (laughs) like we were really into vampires for a while as, as a planet, I think like just between the vampire and the vampire diaries and twilight and Dracula there's always some kind of vampire thing bopping around uh, in in pop culture at any given point in time. <laughs> it's funny. I so I was like, I want to. I never seen an interview with a vampire the movie, but it's I was like, good. I want to watch the trailer. Um, so I did watch the trailer, and as I was watching it, I was like, Oh my god, this is so giving me Twilight before Twilight vibes. And it's funny because you all don't see it, but. I've got my laptop here, and then I've got three books stacked underneath me for height. I could get, you know, a device, but I've got three books, which is Breaking Dawn and Twilight New Moon, and the other one is Harry Potter. So, And so it's just also like, yeah, I'm also into the whole vampire things as well. I really like it. So I would be interested to see how they go about... it should be a fun adaptation. And um, again, like AMC is really great. Walking Dead and all those other prop Breaking Bad. So they know they what they're good. doing. And I think it's in safe hands. It's also cool that this is, I, I've noted, they are picking up the Vampire Chronicles right as the Walking Dead is ending. So mm-hmm. the zombies are going out and the vampires are coming in. Interesting. <laughs> By the way, the books holding up my laptop are Webster's Dictionary and Thesaurus, um, The Complete Shakespeare Compendium, and uh, 
the Oxford Latin Dictionary. Let's see. Nicole says, between Twilight, True Blood, and Vampire Diaries, I'm a bit tired of vamps. Yeah, I get it. They really, really, you know, in that last decade forced us into the vampires. So we got a little bit of a breather within the last couple of years, but um, the sleep does not last long. No, they're always going to rise again. <laughs> All right. What a weird episode this has been. Um, before we sign off, Mia, should we do another lightning, wick lightning news round? Let's do it. There's still some stuff we didn't get to talk about, so we need to talk about it. I will read the first clue for Dan. Apple TV reveals trailer and premiere date for Isaac Asimov's Foundation. Go. Okay. Foundation. Classic sci-fi series. Um, Isaac Asimov, incredibly influential sci-fi writer. This is, I mean, yet another. And this is Apple TV Plus. Never been adapted before. Making something that we've never seen before. And it, it looks like it's spent a ton of money on it. Um, about like the fall of a galactic empire. And a mathematician says we should do this and pay some people to some people don't. Could be very, very exciting. I don't know a lot about it, but okay, then we're, and we're done. All right. It's the buzzer, um, yay. <laughs> Mia, for you, in our lightning news round, Marvel released a new trailer for Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Go. What do you think? All right. Yeah, this one looks exciting. Uh, oh, my time is up. No. <laughs> um, and compared to Black Widow, it seems like there's so much more going on with this series, and especially to see the depth of like what they're going to do with the leader of the Ten Rings, like you know the Mandarin and all that, and bringing in these influences from Eastern Asia. I'm really, really excited for this movie. Should have a lot more flavor than Black Widow. Oh, that was my alarm. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to do that. This is going really well. <laughs> That's my answer. Yeah. <laughs> This is this is the best live stream. This the fun begins here. Okay, next one, Dan. I'll read it to you. Succession season three is coming. I love this Succession. Fall. This is Go. the real successor to Game of Thrones. It's about these kind of horrible, super rich uh, corporate family who controls a giant media empire. They're kind of like all Lannisters in modern times, just like they're kind of back and forth fights. Great performances, great writing, really kind of pertinent to our times. Really funny, like. Uh, it's coming back. All right. <laughs> Yay. All right. All right. <clears throat> In supernatural drama, there is there is a supernatural spinoff coming, but Jared Padalecki, who plays one of the brothers, I forget which one, wasn't told and he was gutted about it. Me, what do you think? Yeah. So Jared Padalecki plays Sam. And it always seemed like him and um, Jensen Ackles. Jensen Ackles, okay, is developing the supernatural spinoff, which makes it even yeah. more bittersweet because they're almost like brothers in real life. So I find it very hard to believe that Jensen Ackles didn't tell Jared Padalecki or maybe he was just going to keep it a secret until the series was re uh, picked up officially. But yeah, it breaks my heart to see that. Yeah. All right, all right, all right, all right. Keep, keep going. All right, we're almost done. New episodes of The Nevers are coming next year. Go coming next year. I honestly wasn't sure if they were gonna if they were, if they were gonna renew The Nevers. I really wasn't because you know it, it was a good show, but it had some controversy around it, and it's so high concept. I'm, I'm not sure how well it did, like in terms of watching, but apparently it happened. Victorian women with superpowers crossed with sci-fi drama from the future. I liked it. I thought it was cool. I will watch more, and I hope it finds a bigger audience. And no Joss Whedon this time. He's gone. Okay, there we go. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <clears throat> is this one for you? Yeah. Okay. Boba Fett's uh, Disney has announced that they are no longer calling Boba Fett's starship Slave One. My first question for you is: Did anyone ever actually call it Slave One in the movies or TV shows? Do you know? I honestly don't know. I'm like, I didn't even know that that was the name of his ship. I know I'm a Star Wars fan up until very recently, so I honestly 
don't quite see the controversy there. It's not like he's doing anything controversial. It's just the name of the ship. And I mean, hey, Anakin, unfortunately, was a slave. He was an indentured servant. But I, I think there's, you know... I really have no clear answer, but I just don't think it's like a necessary, necessary move to go and rename his ship. And it's it's a whole mess. And I think most people are kind of just like, you know, it's whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> like the guy who All played right. Boba Fett in the special edition was like really mad about it on Twitter. It was fun. Okay. And finally. This last one. I think we're going to split it. I don't know. If, do we both want 20 seconds or yeah. shall we split it? Okay, well, all right, we'll do 50-50. You'll answer first. Okay, Elizabeth Olsen remembers her awful Game of Thrones edition. What happened? How do you feel? She played. She she tried to be Daenerys Targaryen. She failed. That's pretty cool. That's really all I feel about it. People don't, they don't do it. Elizabeth Olsen is now Wanda in WandaVision and all that stuff. Tried to be Daenerys. She couldn't do it. Lee Clark got it. Good for her. Yeah, yeah. What do you feel? Yeah, it's, it's interesting to think about if it were Elizabeth Olsen as Amelia Clark, but I think... I would just kind of switch the two. Elizabeth Olsen would just be Amelia Clark to me. It's kind of <laughs> weird to say it, but I think she would have owned the role. Unfortunately, it went, I guess, south for her. But yeah, I do like, what if we did have Amelia Clark as Wanda in the MCU? Ooh. That would be pretty cool. Hmm. <laughs> Very cool. Ooh, we finished early with that one. Good for us. Go team. I'm a fan of that. All right. Any other thoughts, Mia, or anybody out there about anything we talked about or anything else? Oh gosh, no! My head is spinning after this little <laughs> whirlwind this episode. Is a fun but I one. had fun. I enjoyed this one. It was it was it was exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it was exciting. I had fun. I hope everyone else had fun sticking with us <laughs> through the technical difficulties. I appreciate y'all hanging in there. Beautiful. <laughs> and that is uh, <laughs> thank you, Christian. And I love Calvin and Hobbs too. All right, uh, we are here every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time on the Winners Coming Facebook page and the Winners Coming YouTube page. And if you want to listen to some podcast form, we are available wherever podcasts are available. iTunes, Google Play, etc. and so forth. So thanks for watching. We'll see you next time and have a wonderful Wednesday. Goodbye. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.